Lead Well. Welcome to the Lead Well podcast, where we're growing the whole leader, sharpening leadership skills while strengthening the heart and leadership. Let's lead well. Hello and welcome to the Lead Well podcast. We are so happy to have you with us again today. This is your host, Javon Legans, and today I am joined by my good friend, Pastor Aaron Bourne. And many of you just heard from Pastor Aaron Bourne recently in our last podcast episode, but he is back with us today. And the reason why Pastor Aaron is back with us today is because we wanted to continue a conversation that we had off mic during the week. We were just talking about some things that we know affect the lives of every leader, everyone who has led, there is this temptation that we have that we really want to talk through a little bit more and in greater detail for the people who are listening, for all of you leaders who are listening. And that is, there's this temptation that we have as leaders to never really turn off. It's hard for leaders to to receive because we're always giving. We never turn down the leadership. Like we never press that button of off and rest and stay because we have to be the catalyst. We have to be the ones that make things go. And, you know, Aaron was sharing some very impactful things with me this past week, because this is honestly an area that I struggle in personally as well. And I would love for us really to continue that conversation for the leaders who listen to this podcast to to jump in with us and contribute to. And, you know, I think it could be something that is very healing for a lot of us, specifically this year, as we are pursuing leader health, I think this is one of those areas that brings great value for us to talk about. So really just to start off, Aaron, I'd love for you to just share just a couple of the things that you were sharing with me, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, thanks, Javon. I'm uh, really happy to be back. And you know what, what you're talking about was a vision I was having during a worship service about a week ago. And at first, I thought I was just having an overactive imagination. But during the service, I'm closing my eyes and I had this vision. I see myself walking and I'm covered in like armor. I've got a shield and a sword and it's very, very dark outside. And I'm walking into this camp where there's torches and there's thousands and thousands of warriors surrounding this fortress. And I can tell they're angels and they're covered in armor and they're all standing at attention. Very, very serious, all facing outward just like ring after ring of warriors. And as I walk through the uh, the lines of defense, I walk into the fortress and I take off my armor and my sword and my shield and I hang it up on hooks inside the wall and I sit down and Jesus is there. And I feel safe like for the first time ever. I feel like I don't have to be on because this place is completely defended. These these soldiers are at attention, alert. They're, they've got my back. And I felt like, wow, I can actually take my armor off. Uh, so I hang out for a little bit and I'm resting and then I get ready to get up and leave and put the armor on. And Jesus puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, wait, we're all leaving together. And we left as like an entire army. And at first I was like, okay, that was cool. I just thought I was, you know, daydreaming. But uh, then I felt this was all happening during worship. I felt Jesus was actually talking to me and he was saying, no, Aaron, this is something I want you to get. You never take your armor off. You never sit down and rest because you feel like you have to be the one who's always protecting, always defending, always fighting. And I want you to know that you're not alone and that here you're safe. And two, you don't have to go back out alone. And so that was a very powerful thought for me. And I grew up in a family, a ministry family, and we have always worked. In fact, we didn't Sabbath very well. I mean, we would come take an afternoon nap after church, but we were usually 
always going. Uh, Saturday mornings, wake up early, do chores, always serve the community. And to this day, God bless my mom is one of the hardest workers ever. But if she comes over to the house, she's going to be looking, what are the dishes that need to be done? How, what can I bring? How can I serve? And I'm like, hey, mom, we got it. Everything is good. And she can't grasp that sometimes because she has been, you know, serving her entire life. And I watch in our church sometimes, and there's a handful of leaders I know that they really struggle to sit down and just be a part of the church sometimes. They really struggle to be in the room and listen. They're always looking for what needs to be done. What can I done? Uh, what can I do? And that's a gift. That is like, that is actually a gift. But the challenge is, is when your identity gets so wrapped up into what you can bring into the room that you no longer know how to just be in the room. Yeah. And you feel like, you know, it's all in your back. And, and that's something I've seen all over and over again. And it becomes like, honestly, it becomes very dangerous because those leaders can get incredibly unhealthy because they haven't actually been in a worship service in years. They haven't been in a sermon in years. They haven't gone to a class because they walk in and all they see is what needs to be done. Well, and that's when, when you're saying that, one of the things that stands out for me is the, the why behind many leaders, fall, why we fall into that trap. Because this is one of the things that, I have struggled with in my leadership journey. And as you were saying, it became sort of revelatory to me because you're saying, well, the why is in many cases, maybe not for all, but in many cases, it is the identity is wrapped up in, okay, I'm the one who's solving the problem. I'm the one who's going. I'm the one who's moving forward. I'm the one uh, really to put some spiritual language to it. I'm the one who's bringing victory into the into the situation. And so literally I was going to ask you, well, why do you think that is? But even as you were saying uh, what you were saying, I think you spoke to it very well. There may be something else there. So I'd love to allow you to speak on that. Maybe the why a little bit more, but I do think there is something there when you're saying the identity of a leader in many cases, and it can be unhealthy is that the identity is wrapped up in being the one who's bringing the solution and being the one who's going and going and going. So that way it becomes really super hard to turn that off because then when you turn it off, there's always this fear of, okay, I'm not bringing anything to yeah. this and I'm, I'm not being who God created me to be, which is, you know, something we have to be careful of specifically as we're uh, here at victory at our local church here, we're talking through this, the process of emancipating God's greatness inside of us. And, I think there may be cases where God is saying, hey, first we have to get clear on what that what that looks like. It's not always it's not you causing the greatness inside of you to manifest. It's me. It's it's God's greatness It's my greatness working inside of you and working out of you. And when we get that picture right at the beginning, it really honestly relieves some of the pressure off of us as leaders to be the cause all the time. Well, I think it actually, you know, even as you're speaking, I'm thinking about as a church, as a staff, this is a season we're going into of where we have our bosses saying, hey, I want you to stop being the minister and raise other people up to do ministry. Yeah. And we're, I think several of us have been like, oh, that's painful. That's actually difficult because we didn't realize how much we got uh, value and identity out of the ministry we were doing. And it's, it's a fine line because we're not saying stop ministering. We're not saying stop leading. Like you're called to do that, but you have to be led by the Holy spirit. And you have to listen when he says like, lay down and rest. And I think there's several reasons why we get caught up doing this. I think some of it is identity. We really literally think 
that we have nothing to offer except for what we do. That people don't actually like us. We think, oh man, they only like us because of what we're offering. Uh, I think another thing is it feels good. I mean, honestly, yeah. like I, it feels great. Like I love fix, uh, meeting a need, fixing a problem, bringing a solution. I feel fulfilled. I feel valuable. And then when people recognize that accomplishment, I feel loved. I feel yeah. appreciated. So it's, it is. Yeah. It's a dopamine. Hit. <laughs> it's a dopamine hit that you get of like, man, I accomplished this. I was good. I did it. This feels great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I, you know, and, and as you said when you were talking earlier, the 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 issue is is what are you keeping God from doing sometimes when yeah. when you have to be the one? Yeah, yeah. You have to be the one. And even as you were sharing earlier, and as we're talking through this biblically. For those of you who are listening, leaders who are who are listening to this podcast and, and you're familiar with the word of God, biblically, there's this story that really speaks to this or really it comes to mind now. And that's the story of Elijah. He was on uh, in Mount Horeb uh, is where he landed and he had just had the biggest victory of his life, you know, really through the power of God was able to overcome a lot of false prophets and be victorious in that situation biggest victory of his life. And then the very next day, he finds himself stressed out, scared to death because of a threat uh, from from Queen Jezebel and, and King Ahab. And he runs to a cave and he's stressed. And he's literally after the biggest ministry victory in his life the day before. He's saying, hey, God, kill me. I can't do this anymore. It's not worth it. I can't do this. Kill me. Take my life right now. And it's crazy to me because there wasn't this huge pep talk immediately for him. It was really God saying, all right, lay down and rest, get up and eat, chill out a little bit, lay down and rest, get up and eat, chill out a little bit. And then God was able to talk to him in a still small voice um, in a way that he was able to receive. But that didn't happen until his soul was quieted so it could be refreshed. And I say that, and I mentioned that story because I, I know oftentimes when we're really going hard in ministry, our work, our leading in the home, and we're having these big victories and these these things that we're going through in our life and, and God is working through us and it's fantastic. One of the things that I've experienced as a leader, and I know many leaders um, who have shared with me have experienced is that you can feel these lows and oftentimes you try to work yourself through it. Yeah. Um, and we may not take the opportunity really to just sit and receive and chill out and sleep and rest and do all of those things and allow ourselves to be the one who is ministered to uh, by the Lord. That's true. And so, you know, that is one of those things that even as I'm digesting this, it really, it really stands out to me. Well, you know, and I hope, I hope that as a leader, if you're listening to this, I hope that you used 2020 to recharge a little bit. I hope that by being forced to stop serving and, and, and do activity. I know that was probably painful for many of us. Uh, in my family, we really learned how to rest well for the first time. And that's something that like, we've now made it part of our values. Like we're not going to go back from doing that. Like right at this very moment, we're in a very busy season and we're looking to slow down. So let me ask you, I'm going to follow up on that. Cause I think that's really good. You said over this past year, you and your family, you've taken the time to learn how to rest and what that looks like. So I'm going to ask you that question. What does that look like for you 
personally or and for your family because i know many people who are listening to this or find themselves in the same situations what are the things that you learned over the course of this past year which was a climactic year because i I know many people went the opposite way and because things were so topsy-turvy and just different than the norm a lot of people found themselves indexing higher on the busier end and and finding more to do and being more stressed out and, and 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 really leaning away from rest so what did that look like for you and your family well, for one, it was blocking out our calendar for 24 hours. Yep. Nothing can touch that. Yep. So we, you know, I'm of Jewish descent. We have a real Shabbat. We do like yep. a dinner. It's like a holiday every single week. And the kids look forward to it. And it's the best food we can put on the table. And we, we just make it a party on, on Friday night. And then until Saturday night, we're going to do our best to make sure that nothing is interfering with family time, loving life, celebrating. And if we have to adjust that, we're going to make up for it later on in the week. Um so that means like controlling our, our device time, not responding to emails, things like that. We have to hold each other accountable that, hey, like whatever that fire is, you can put it out tomorrow. And so uh, that's that's a big piece of it right there. Just choosing what we're going to put on our calendar and not just waiting for rest or not just putting on the TV or whatever, but finding something that's going to be life giving. Yeah. And, and even with that, just some of the practical things as, as you were sharing that. I think that there is a lot of health for those of you who are married and you'll hear us kind of harp on this from time to time throughout the course of the year. To me, this is one of the inherent values of being consistent with things like date nights. Yeah. You know, finding times to consistently get away, consistently just enjoy one another. For those of you, again, who who are married, um, and especially if you lead alongside your spouse, uh, finding that time together to go on date nights, to unplug and for it not to be about the work in front of you and for it to be about each other. And for those of you, you know, whether you're married or not or are single, uh, because even even me as as someone who is married, one of the things that I found value in specifically in this season is the value of solitude. I read this book and I know, Aaron, you read this book over this past year as well called Addicted to Busy. Yeah. And one of the things that it spoke to is really just this idea of, you know, whether it's stress from the workplace, stress from ministry, uh, stress from just leading heavily in different areas of your life, taking that time for solitude, taking that time to just get away for a little bit, be by yourself uh, with God and allowing him to refresh you and restore your soul. I think those things are incredibly, incredibly valuable. And I, I appreciate you for just sharing that with us because I do think it is one of those areas that as leaders we may tend to to overlook from time to time just the value of being able to unplug and um, knowing that sometimes rest is the most productive thing that you can do and I think let's time. let's make it really practical for the leaders here at victory they're listening to this that means like sit in a service every weekend yeah yeah it means find another leader that can lead your small group for that week or or make sure you're rotating and if there's a big need, it's okay to say, okay, for 30 days, I'm going to help you with this big need. Yeah. But at the end of 30 days, we're going to stop because that's not healthy and it's not godly. And that's acting like everything is resting on you. And you and I are God. We don't have to carry that. And we may be blocking God's solution to that problem by us trying to be the solution. So let's, I just want to make sure we're making it real practical in whatever environment you're leading in. 
set some healthy boundaries so that you can keep leading for a very long time. Yeah, that's really good. And one of the things that I want to do is just leave you with this verse again, for those of you who lead and you're familiar with the word of God, um, this may be a verse that you have heard from time to time, but I just want to leave it with us really as we reflect on this topic. And really it ties into the vision that you shared, Aaron, earlier on with us at the beginning of this podcast. And it is Zephaniah 317. And basically what it says is the Lord, your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. And one of the reasons why that verse stands out to me specifically as we're talking about this is that you're the one who's still in that situation. It's allowing God to go before you, much like what you were sharing in your vision. Um, It's allowing God to be the mighty warrior who saves in the situation. And our role in this, and, and there are spaces where our role needs to be the one who is allowing our souls to be quieted allowing God to quiet us with his love and allow him to rejoice over us and exalt over us with singing. And, you know, one of the things that we wanted to make clear, even as we're talking about this, is that we're not saying switch it all the way off and and transition to a consumer mentality or anything like that. Uh, But we know the people who listen to this podcast, your leaders, your leaders in your home, your leaders at your workplace, your leaders, you know, in ministry. And typically as leaders, we tend to go the other way and it's hard for us to not be the sole producers. It's hard for us to turn it off. So we know that for, for the folks who are listening to this podcast, who are, who are regular subscribers and listeners to the Lee Well podcast, you're the last ones we have to, to worry about turning it all the yeah, way off. Lazy's not your problem. Yeah, lazy's not the problem. A lot of times we go the other way. So, you know, we just want to encourage you that there are times that we just need to rest in in God and we need to allow ourselves uh to receive and allow ourselves to uh be ministered to and be quieted by the Lord. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And as we close, Aaron, I just wanted to provide the opportunity for you. Is there anything that you would like to to leave with us as we uh end our time today? I just want us to remember that if whatever we're trying to give to the church as leaders is also what we need to receive as well. And so let's not get so used to having to be the minister that we forget how to be ministered to. And um, sometimes we have to just stop moving, close our eyes and get still and, and take off the leader hat for as long as is necessary. And remember what it is to be a son and a daughter and then let God lead through us, not us have to go do all the leading and the doing. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you again, Pastor Aaron, for joining us today. And thank you, listener and leader, for listening and supporting the Lead Well podcast. We're so happy to have you and host you for this short time again today. And remember, this is the Lead Well podcast where together we sharpen our skills as we strengthen our hearts. You can always connect with us at leadwellpeople.com. There's always additional content there for you to consume. You can also follow us on Instagram at leadwellpeople. Again, that's on Instagram at leadwellpeople. Thank you. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a great rest of your day.